Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your Game Master. Four years ago, to this very day, the first episode of One Shot aired. I've spoken about that moment and that series on many different shows and many different introductions, including all of the previous anniversary introductions that I've done for this show. I'm speaking to you now recording out of the living room in my home, and I'm looking at the picture that we put up for our very first episode of One Shot with the young faces of my dear friends, Cat Cool, Pat O'Rourke, John Patrick Cohen, and Zach Mast. Every year, because of the anniversary, I'm forced to take stock of what we've done here at OneShot, the amount of time that I personally have contributed to this project, the raw talent my friends have invested, and the enthusiasm that I get from all of you. These days, thanks in no small part to you, this is my job. This is what should be a mundane part of my existence. It's the thing that I need to do in order to keep living. But sitting here, recording the introduction to the show, the thing that I absolutely need to provide for every single episode in order for it to make sense, the thing that stops me from crawling into bed and going to sleep early every Sunday night, feels like one of the best conversations I've ever had. And anyone who's ever had a really good conversation knows that there's a special kind of magic in that. This show has given me so much. Professionally, this is the wildest dream that I could have ever conceived stepping out of college. A career in the arts and performance was already something that I considered to be a pretty lofty goal. But here I am playing games for an audience of people who want to hear them. It's something so good it doesn't even make sense when I say it. And on top of that, I've made so many cherished friends through this show. From the performers that I work with every time I sit down to record, to the fans that I talk to every day. Including Chris Sims, who you are all about to hear in the new Feng Shui series, who when I started this show was a personal hero of mine, and I guess in many ways still is a personal hero of mine, but is now also a friend. I don't know, I know that I'm rambling, and I know that you all want to get to the show especially since you have all worked so hard to make sure that we were able to broadcast this as our anniversary series. And I know I spend a lot of time thanking people, especially as part of the intros and outros to this show. But I really mean it. The world is a dark place right now for a lot of people. And in my day-to-day life, I feel like I'm inundated with negativity. But here, behind my microphone, talking to all of you, I'm at peace, and I need you all to understand that you've given me that, this incredible gift that I cannot put into words. Anyway, we're about to play Feng Shui 2, which is a very, very good game, and we're going to be playing it with Chris Sims, Cat Cool, John Patrick Cohen, and Matt Wilson. I put a lot of love into this episode, even though when we recorded it, I was getting over a very bad cold. We'll also be doing the Patreon thanks later on in this episode. I just wanted to have this introduction to myself so I could thank you all. But with all of that out of the way, let's get to the show. All right, heroes, let's meet our party for this week. Uh, First off, I want to start us off with a voice that's familiar to you and somebody who is a special guest for our show this week, and that is Chris Sims. Chris, welcome back. 
It is a pleasure to be here, James. As you know, I have been wanting to, to come back specifically for this adventure for quite some time. I have been so intimidated about revisiting this adventure because I, I think this series is by far our most popular that we've done. I feel like the expectations are sky high on this one. Uh, for those who don't know, who might even just be joining us, uh, you are playing Inspector Jackie. Could you could you give the audience a rundown on who Inspector Jackie is? Well, James, you know, they say there's never a cop around when you need one. But when this cop's around, one is all you need. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Inspector Jackie is, uh, he is, was, the last time we saw him, he was a uh, an accomplished inspector for the Hong Kong Police Department. But in the years since... He has been promoted. Uh, Inspector Jackie is uh, a, a, a less than six feet tall, probably about 5'10", uh, kind of wiry in appearance. Uh, he is Chinese, uh, born in, in Hong Kong. And uh, he could honestly be anywhere from a hard-living 35 to a well-preserved 60. It's very <laughs> hard to tell. Since we last checked in with him, uh, he went undercover to bring down uh, some of the, the triads in Hong Kong. Uh, and that was really the the uh, assignment that got him put in charge of uh, Hong Kong's organized crime slash treasure hunting division. Uh, but he unfortunately suffered a brief bout of amnesia uh, Whoa. That, that prevented him from, from really taking over until uh, his uncle, uh, Inspector Uncle, retired. So uh, Jackie is is now in charge, and unfortunately, due to police corruption, he's having a real hard time uh, dealing with with running the police department. But fortunately, they have a they have a new recruit that is is certainly having an impact. Yeah, we'll we'll get around to that one in a second. Uh, and can first, I can I just say uh, I know that there are I saw this on Twitter. There are one shot listeners who did not hear your appearance on War Rocket Ajax from last year who have no idea what's coming. No, <laughs> I'm super excited for them. There there is a storm brewing in in the future for this <laughs> series, and I I can't wait for us all to to meet it. Uh, but first, we should move on to some of our iconic characters. I think next up, let's talk to John Patrick Cohen. John, welcome back. Oh man, so so great to be back in the hot seat, James. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna now. I know this is a hot seat. I'm gonna be peppering you with questions. They're I'm, gonna come left and right. I've been prepared. I had a meeting with my lawyer uh, this morning, uh, so I I am ready to plead the fifth. Okay, well let, let's let's see how you handle this one, John. What is your character's name? Ooh, I've got this one. It's ready to go. Uh, I'll be returning as a Tommy Euphrates, uh, spelled Euphrates, pronounced Euphrates. Perfect. Uh, former street tough uh, turned uh, martial arts instructor, and you know who knows what's what else is uh, new for for Tommy in the last uh, couple years. Well, uh, I think you know that. I do know and that. Yeah. So. Uh, why don't you let our audience in on uh, what what has changed for Tommy? Because when we last left off, he was working as a martial arts instructor. So yeah, Tommy was working full time at his own dojo, the Cobra Kai Dojo, uh, <laughs> which was embarrassed in a large scale martial arts tournament. Tommy kind of realized that a lot of the work that he was doing was pretty counterproductive, um, training up these bullies <laughs> to be better bullies. Um, he really thought it would like pan out long term for them, uh, and that is 
his instructions would be helping, but it it really wasn't. So uh, he decided that he was going to uh, uh, give up the dojo. He actually sold it off, and Ray didn't take too much of a loss on the uh, loan that he gave uh, Tommy. Okay. But then Tommy kind of drifted directionless for a while until he decided to get uh, his life together a little more. He's got a new job that he really uh, very much enjoys. He's still uh, a relatively clean cut. He's gotten rid of the goatee now, um, and he just has like a, kind of like a bushy mustache. And he has uh, moved on from like his like uh, classic like aviator sunglass headband look. And now uh, he's a little bit older. He wears like glasses, like functional Whoa. glasses. Glasses, Whoa. yeah. Okay, how big are these glasses? Oh, uh, <laughs> um, I would say it's ninety nine. They're pretty big. Like they're like yeah, they're they're they sit fat on his face. But it's like a it's a whole new look for Tommy. Nice. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. And so, does he have something driving him right now? Does he have a goal? Any aspirations? Or is he mostly just trying to pick up the pieces? Uh, no. Tommy's actually kind of gotten his life like he feels like he's on the right path now, but he's all about like doing good and like helping positively in the community. Ooh, I like that. Okay, that's a that's a good change for Tommy. And I'm he thinks gonna... his new job is like his calling. <clears throat> Second most important question for Tommy. Yeah. What's he driving? Ooh. Uh, so Tommy um, has still has uh, uh, the car, but he's decided that like the you know his the image of his life isn't that anymore. So now he tools around on a bicycle. Wow. Yeah. What? New York City on a bicycle. Tommy has really changed. So Julianne is she just sitting somewhere collecting dust? Uh, no, not really collecting dust. Uh, parked on the street with one of those uh, what what are they called? Like the car cover. Mm-hmm. blanket things yeah uh takes it out every once in a while um and is still teaching martial arts uh part-time at the rec center so like you know the kids really want to see the car but you know it's it's very much tommy's like that's my old life type of thing but you know it is still like cool to like it's more of like a you know when before it was just a part of his everyday life now it's more just like a show-offy thing every once in a while when he wants to remember you know what it was like to be like a young tommy wow wow with that i since we're talking about youth uh, i feel like it's only appropriate for us to turn over to cat cool and check in with angela chan hey james hey cat what's going on uh you know just here doing this thing all right we got to know about Angela. Kat, when we last checked in, Angela was just about to enter high school. Yeah, she was in the summer before high school, before attending St. Germain School for Blossoming Young Women. And now, jeez, now we now we have her. She's like full-fledged into high school. She's 17 now. She was always kind of a punk yeah, well, growing up. Okay, okay. How hey, has, now. I mean... Come on. She was, oh, when we met her, she was fine, trying to play fair. Street Fighter yeah. instead of take out the trash. Okay. Well, she has blossomed into a fine young woman. Uh, into a fine young woman. Into a fine young woman. Okay. Uh, there was no arc where she divided into two positive and negative personalities. No, that but, happened. Okay. A hundred percent that happened. It has been a time that she and her best friend, Isabella Donatello, have been through the ringer uh, all over New York, getting up to magical shenanigans as they have done things that in feng shui terms have pretty much amounted to shutting down key points. Mm-hmm. Uh, but have have looked fairly zany if if we're being roll for roll 
Um, they've uh, shrunk down and gone inside people's bodies. They've <laughs> explored many emotional spectrums. They've uh, so she's done in... some magic school bus stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, they've they've done a lot of different things. Uh, they they've also clearly they had to body swap at one point, which mm-hmm. is how they figured out that. Um, I don't know. You didn't quite figure this out last time, James. Mm-hmm. But Isabella uh, Donatello was Bella Donna. Wait, yeah, they were the same person. Uh-huh. But uh huh. But she was her best friend. She was her best friend and her nemesis. Yeah, and her nemesis. Uh, she figured that out around sophomore year, and it was a at first the cause of a huge falling out between them. But then, but then they they got their stuff together because of the power of love and friendship. After a small. A small dark period. Okay. Um, but she rallied real, real quick um, because of our our pink girl here doesn't doesn't stay down long. Um, All right. So we know about her life as a magical girl yes. at night. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about her life at home as a as a pizza sales girl? Uh, as a teenager. As a teenager, right? Teenager first, pizza sales girl second. That is what Ray says to her every time he has to ask her to actually do some pizza sales girl work. <laughs> well, so much changes in such a in such rapid periods of time that you're looking at like you're looking from age 14 to she's almost 18 now. Mm-hmm. Uh that it's really hard to to quantify all of that time. Uh, she's been through so much. So instead of trying to go through all of that, just uh, do like a top five crushes. Top five <laughs> crushes. Uh, <laughs> she's really into uh, this boy band right now. That's actually an all girl band. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, that's misleading. Uh, well, that's that's how they. They brand themselves as um, what? What is it? They as handsome youths. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's how they that's how they do that's it. That's the name of the band. It's handsome, handsome youths. Handsome youths. Mm-hmm. I think instead of just going through like all of her progressions, mm-hmm. we should look at what she's up to right now. Okay. I think that's the best thing to do because right now is actually kind of a dark period for Angela Chan. Oh, why is that? Well, things are kind of weird at school. Mm-hmm. Isabella. Is it there anymore? What? Yeah. She's uh, disappeared. She's okay. She's left school. And Angela's supposed to be applying to colleges, but she hasn't. Why not? Ooh, this, this can't make Ray happy. No. Ray's tried to talk to her about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it hasn't been going well. And any time that he's tried, Angela's like, slammed the door, gone outside via the fire escape. Mm-hmm. Hopped on her bike, and by bike, I do mean a motorcycle. Whoa. Okay, wait a minute. I've got questions now. Yeah. Does she actually legitimately own a motorcycle, or has she like modified her bike to be like no, a motorized bike? No, she owns a motorcycle. Dang. This is a pretty cool kid. She's. It's the year two. It's almost the year 2000. Mm-hmm. It's almost Y2K. Yeah. Uh, this is a Which kid. Which Ray is very frightened of. This is a kid with a. Uh, with a what with um oh god what were those things called skip it no <laughs> i mean yes but <laughs> but uh no those those with an imac uh okay oh yeah yeah that's uh she she not only has the pizza job but she she does some 
She does some late night underground fighting because, like, why wouldn't she? <laughs> okay. I mean, she's a magical girl, you know. She can almost she can a magical hold, woman. Yeah. Al- almost a magical woman. She can hold her own in the, the mean streets of New York and and the magical uh, uh, nightlife, you know. All right, so uh, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm liking this. She's I'm coming into this. her own, uh, and she's she's going through a bit of a dark time. Well, we'll see how this develops um, as as the story progresses. Uh, this finally brings us to our our special guest for this episode. Even more special because we are introducing a new character mm-hmm. to the beloved Feng Shui series. At first, I'd like to welcome Matt Wilson. Matt, thanks for joining us. Thank you, James. This is a delight. I get to play a game where I'm going to roll some dice remotely. And uh, we'll see how much trouble I have keeping up with what I actually roll. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we will see how that goes. How, how many role-playing games have you played before? Not a ton, but I, I've recently gotten far more into the practice of listening to other pl- people play role-playing games. In addition to campaign, I listen to other so a few other actual play podcasts, so... I vicariously <laughs> have more <laughs> experience playing role-playing games than I did when uh, when we played Fiasco a few years ago. Excellent, excellent. I'm, well, I'm glad that we're still capturing one of your first role-playing experiences with this, because I, I know Fiasco was, I think, I, I don't know if it was the first time, but you said that you had not played much before, and... I was blown away by what you did. If if you haven't listened to that X people episode of Fiasco, go back and listen. Matt was a delight to play with. Well, thank you. Really excites me for for what we're going to do with you here today. Matt, who are you going to be playing for people? My character is a 27-year-old man by the name of Shaq. He (laughs) uh, was born March 6th, 1972 in Newark, New Jersey. (laughs) Yeah. To Mother Lucille and and raised by uh, his stepfather Philip, who was an army sergeant. He considered Phil to be his father because his biological didn't bother. And uh, <laughs> because because he was in an army army family, he moved around a lot. He moved to Germany for a while. Uh, then he uh, eventually attended high school in San Antonio, Texas, where he used his seven foot one. 300 pound frame to really dominate in the game of basketball uh he became Ooh, uh, i can imagine he became a, a standout player at uh cole high school in san antonio to the point where after high school he was drafted to louisiana state university where he was a two-time all-american and also sec player of the year he he was considered a blue chipper to the point where in the 1992 NBA draft, he was the first overall pick by the Orlando Magic, and he was instantly a star, and he was a star not only in basketball. He he started putting out uh, rap albums, very successful rap albums. Uh, <laughs> very couple, successful. Very successful. <laughs> videos played on MTV. He, he had a role in the movie Blue Chips, but then mysteriously, after the 1994 season... Shaq negotiated out of his contract with the Orlando Magic, and people didn't really understand what was going on. And it, it started a lot of rumors. the The rumor mill was flying at this right. time. Um, for for much of the summer of 1994, people talked about what they thought they saw Shaq doing, like a mysterious man in a steel costume was seen bounding around <gasps> rooftops. 
in <laughs> in the Orlando area and in a couple other cities. And uh, people thought that might be what Shaq was doing. Some people thought he had gone to study the art of being a genie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad that in this timeline, this stuff is preserved. Yes. <laughs> and even uh, some people during the U.S. Open that year thought that they saw him, weirdly enough, caddying for Fred Couples. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that is preserved. Yeah. But in fact, all those things were just rumors. And Shaquille, Shaquille, which was his full name, went instead to Hong Kong on a mysterious journey that he didn't really talk about much with people. and, And he didn't tend to explain too much. But it seemed to be a, a passion project for him. Mm-hmm. And in the intervening years, he joined up with the Hong Kong Police Department, where he had a bit of a contentious relationship with the leadership. But, you know, he, he, he kept doing good work. He kept solving cases. So they, they couldn't get rid of him. But he would also take these, you know, these leave absences from mm-hmm. the police department to kind of go off on his own. And it seemed like he was going off and doing his own investigations. And that sort of made the leadership a little wary of him, but his continued good work uh, made him intrinsic to the police department. So he's been with the Hong Kong police department uh, as a, as an investigator for the past, you know, four years or so. And weirdly enough, he's been able to keep that secret despite his, being a, a seven foot one American African American member of the Hong Kong Police Department, uh, he is is kind of keeping that under wraps. It really hasn't hit the press in the United States too much. Well, I mean, when, when because people in Hong Kong must know who Shaq is when they ask him, you know, why he left the NBA to join the police force. What 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 does he tell them? Well, he uh, he tells them that. He got into some financial trouble. Specifically, he says he made some bad investments. And that led him to decide that he needed a change in his life. Uh, and so he left the NBA and came to Hong Kong um, to do something that he felt was more <laughs> real. But but that's all he gives. That's all he says. Uh, and, and he doesn't really offer any more explanation than that. All right. <laughs> I think uh, this is a perfect opportunity for us to open the game. And... We open on an artfully shadowed shot of a basketball court. We we see uh, Shaquille O'Neal slowly dribbling a ball on the free throw line, looking up at the basket, and that loud dribbling noise uh, sort of washes over the camera as it uh, moves to the shadow uh, and moves past the shadow, and we see uh, Inspector Jackie on the other side of a desk. Uh, from some men in official-looking suits. So you're telling me that this American walks away from lucrative million-dollar contracts to join your police force, Inspector. Don't don't you think that's a little strange? It might be strange, but he gets results. In fact, he reminds me a little bit of me when uh, I was on the streets. He has good instincts. That's all I can tell you. And these good instincts, they lead him to... Take leaves of absence at very strange intervals. He doesn't tell anyone where he goes. 
Doesn't that strike you as suspicious? Jackie shrugs, puts his hands uh, on the desk and says, what he does in his free time is not my concern. I'm only uh, concerned with what he does at work. Uh, we, we cut over quickly to the basketball court and we see Shaq throw a ball. It sails through the air and bounces off the side of the glass, um, missing the basket. And then he quickly grabs another basketball and starts dribbling again. You know, there are a lot of rumors, Jackie, uh, from people at the top about what this could mean, about where he's going on his leave. Some say that he's a spy. Listen, I've spent the last four years trying to get corruption out of this department. Do you think I wouldn't keep my eye on him? If he's a spy, he's managed to fool me. I'll admit that I'm a little curious, but I know what's in his heart. He is a good man. Once again, we cut to another free throw shot. Um, it, it bounces wildly to the side. We see a quick shot of Shaq's shadowed face. He looks very perturbed by this, incredibly angry. He grabs a third basketball and starts dribbling. And then it cuts to a file sliding over a desk. This is the intelligence that we've gathered on your inspector. They flip it open and we see a one-way ticket to New York City in the middle of the file. He is going on leave again, as you know, and this time he's going to New York. It doesn't look like he's planning on coming back. If you trust this man, we think it's best that you follow him and find out what's going on. Jackie takes a, a long look at the, at the plane ticket to New York and looks up and goes, I'll find out, but I do it my way. And with that, we see another basketball uh, headed towards the hoop. It bounces on the interior of the rim of the basket and then manages still to bounce out. Uh, with that, Shaq like, takes the rack of basketballs that were next to him and flings them across the basketball court, drops to his knees and pounds a mighty fist on the ground. It echoes throughout this court. And we cut to the airport. Now, Jackie, uh, this is definitely a work thing. You have been sent to New York to follow Shaq. But uh, you also had a family member who is incredibly nosy and knew that you were coming to New York City and is there to pick you up. So we cut to a plane landing baggage claim. On one end of the baggage claim, we see Shaq. At this point, Matt, uh, we'll, we'll let you take over your character um, picking up uh, your bag. What, what does your bag look like? Um, because I, I definitely think in this movie you're still sponsored by somebody. Well, uh, Shaq's bag is a huge, massive, massive suitcase that has a, a big uh, Superman logo on it. And, uh, and, and we'll say it's, uh, one of those tourister, uh, American tourister suitcases. And, and we get a, a good shot of the logo as it pans down over the, the Superman logo, uh, on the suitcase as we see Shaq's Superman tattoo on his arm as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he, he sort of lifts it up off of the carousel with one hand. And we can see that Shaq is still thinking about, all those free throws he missed before he left Hong Kong. And he just kind of shakes his head and he said, they always said I got to get my percentage up. <laughs> With that, we, we see Jackie doing a subtle tail on Shaq, uh, picking up his own suitcase. 
what what does this look like, Chris? Uh, well, Jackie is wearing like some dark aviators, uh, and his clothes are like weirdly oversized. Mm-hmm. It, like they're just like a little too big. Uh, as though maybe he's expecting to have to to move around a lot and doesn't want to be very constricted. Uh, but uh, as he sees Shaq walk away, he does like a quick uh, like roll over an adjacent baggage carousel and and grabs his own bag, which is almost the size of Shaq's. It is comically oversized, <laughs> uh, and he kind of hoists it onto his shoulders. But it's a it's a plain uh, duffel bag. And and just to to describe what Shaq was wearing, uh, Shaq is wearing a black a shirt tank top. And windbreaker pants. Like, yes. black windbreaker pants. Uh, Matt, can I ask a quick question? Yes. Tearaways? We'll find out. We'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> With that, Jack, Jackie is sort of subtly following Shaq when he hears from behind him, Jackie! Turning around, uh, he sees a man who's now, I think, in his early 40s. I think he was in his late 30s before, but he's in his early 40s. Uh, his face is a little bit more weathered. Um, his his body a little bit more rotund than it was when we last saw him. But it is his brother, Ray, um, who has a big sign that says Inspector Jackie on it. And uh, as we zoom up on that sign, we see the title of the film, Inspector Jackie 3, The Legend of Shaq Fu. And uh, the sign goes away. He he hugs Jackie and excitedly starts talking more loudly than I think Jackie would like. Uh, Yeah, Jackie is like standing very still, kind of trying to to push the sign down and looking over his shoulder, like making sure that that uh, Inspector Shaq has not noticed him. With that, I want us to cut really quickly over to Angela. Sure. Um, Kat, where is Angela right now? So Angela isn't at the airport. Mm-hmm. I think she's probably helping out Tommy at the rec center with the kids. Cool. Angela's not a bad kid mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. And she quite likes martial arts. Cool. So I I think there is a long, slow panning shot of the karate studio that Euphrates is running. So, uh, John, why don't you describe for us what what we're seeing here? So, so, I mean, Tommy volunteers at the rec center, but he's by no means running it. That He's left the life of trying to run his own, you know, martial arts studio behind. So it's like, you know, the rec center has got those classic, like, blue mats that are, like, down on the floor Mm -hmm. and along the sides of the walls. Uh, it's, It's from with children anywhere from the ages of, like, I don't know, like eight to 17. Like it's, you know, for all ages. And it's in general, like a hodgepodge of like good kids, you know, uh, before his studio was full of like tall, slender, blonde haired, blue eyed, like evil bad guy kids. Uh, but now, you know, there's like a a healthy mix of like all different body types and like people that want to get like physically active or like people that are being bullied. And, you know, Tommy's like walking around. He's, he's wearing, uh, 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 like track pants, uh, like a white V-neck shirt, and 
and he's you know with his he keeps pushing his glasses up on his nose and he's like walking around and be like good job Roger make sure you keep your eyes up and keep your eyes on your opponent and he's like great stance and you know helping people and correcting people mm-hmm. and he's kind of like sitting and surveying and he takes like a very proud like you know deep breath as he's seeing all this um, and then he sees uh, Angela who's like helping a, a, a young girl um, like into a stance and the, the, the girl's like very much not confident she's very new here mm-hmm. and he like takes another like like deep breath of pride that like Angela's doing so well here and what is Angela dressed in right now she should be wearing a gi but she's not she's wearing um so like super 90s like baggy jeans that are high-waisted and then a crop top and a choker and uh we're at the turn of the millennium so she's wearing very metallic eyeliner mm-hmm. or not eyeliner eyeshadow also we didn't describe her before i think she's still pretty short i think she's proud. well last time we we saw her she was incredibly tall all she leg. she had hit her growth support mm-hmm. she she has filled out but hasn't gotten too much taller than that okay so angela's going to wind up around five five and oh, wow. stay there she took off her side ponytail and we realized that that was her hair length last time mm-hmm. um but now she has a very like a not asymmetrical but long in the front short in the back bob situation yeah. long in the front short in the back that's the opposite of the 90s um well isn't no that's right where we are because mm-hmm. like it's we're about to head into the year 2000 oh, oh yeah true. so true. it's cyber fashion now yeah you know so this is she's a cool kid with a motorcycle james <laughs> This is this is what's cool. Yeah. She has blue nail polish on. Oh, no, she's got a stick in her color scheme. She has green nail polish on. There we go. Mm-hmm. And a pair of white sneakers. As as she's helping this student with with her form who's just like not getting it, not getting that she has to bend her knees and keep her stance wide at the same time. Angela feels uh something like tickling her neck a little bit. And she turns and sees her chipmunk animal companion, Angela. Hibiscus, not right now. No, Angela, it's important. What? Can't you feel it, Angela? No. Something really weird is going on. You got to drop this and, and, and come help. Hibiscus, the rec center is important too. Hibiscus like throws his little hands up, tightens his headband and goes, well, then I'll have to deal with it myself. And he surreptitiously tiptoes back down your back, and uh, we see a little chipmunk darting across the floor. We'll cut over to Ray and Jackie. Ray is talking at Jackie very excitedly. I can't believe you thought you could come to New York without saying hi to your brother. Honestly, between you and Angela these days, I don't know who to trust anymore. It's it's just a work thing, Ray. It's It, it wasn't a visit for fit. Wait, what's wrong with Angela? Oh, what isn't wrong with Angela? Her studies, uh, she she doesn't pay attention to them at all. She doesn't think it's important. I swear, you give a girl magical powers and then you see what happens. This is what society is like today. Back when I was young, nobody had magical powers and it worked out just fine. (sighs) She doesn't think she wants to go to college, Jackie. Well... You know how difficult teenagers can be, Ray. I mean, look at the way we were when we were teens. I got a flashback <laughs> yeah. to teenage Jackie Chan. Yeah, uh, teenage Jackie. Uh, we, we cut to uh, teenage Jackie and Ray. Weirdly enough, Jackie looks virtually the exact same. 
uh, as though he is maybe a gentleman in his 40s pretending to be a teenager. And Beautiful. he is in a very similar position to, uh, to he, he's in a, an underground fighting ring in a bar. Uh, and as Ray is cheering him on, he gets clocked in the face by a uh, very large man and goes uh, face first onto the bar, turned around. And uh, he holds out an empty hand and Ray slides a, uh, a bottle of uh, high octane, high proof whiskey that uh, teenage Jackie then drains in one pull, turns around, hiccups, and laughs his way back in the fight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, we, we come back to current times and goes, that was different. Uh, if I had acted right then, I wouldn't be struggling to run a pizza restaurant now and updating for Y2K. Believe me, if I had gone to college, I would know what to do about Y2K. Jackie nods solemnly and says, Y2K, serious business. <laughs> and at this point, you guys, subtly due to Jackie's influence, are still following uh, Shaq through the airport. Matt, right now, Shaq knows where he's going. So with, with that in mind, what uh, sort of method of transportation has he prepared for himself from the airport? Is he taking a cab? Is he renting a car? What's he doing? He goes out, hails a cab, waits for one mm. that's a van... Yes. Like, because because we see one pull up and it's like a little compact car, and we don't see what kind of car that is because you know that's not the sponsor of the movie. And right. Shaq just kind of leans down and he looks at the cab driver and he goes, "Move along, man. I need a lot of legroom." <laughs> and and so that car leaves, and then a beautiful glistening yellow Dodge Caravan. Yeah, nice. <laughs> pulls Dodge up. Caravan pulls up. Uh next to next to Shaq and Shaq says okay and he gets in and he just kind of drops into the back seat and he says take me to the Anubis bar and so and so the cab driver says okay Anubis bar turns on the meter and speeds off toward Anubis bar Shaq unzips his bag that he has in the seat next to him and he pulls out a John Stuart Mill book about utilitarianism and starts reading (laughs) it So far, this movie is sponsored by uh, Dodge Caravan and John Stewart Mill. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we, we also we also got the luggage company. Yeah, no, that's true. And yeah. I think DC Comics. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but uh, as he's reading the book, cab driver notices the book he's reading, and he kind of like looks up and he goes, "You know, they call me Big Aristotle." And then he, <laughs> he looks back at the book. Oh, perfect. So we are now with Jackie and Ray tailing this cab. I don't understand why we can't just go right home. I, I, I've got so much prepared for your visit. Uh, we, we're going to uh, see the new layout for the restaurant. I changed the name. That's no good for the new millennium. We're not ancient Chinese pizza. We're millennium Chinese pizza now. Everything is covered in holograms. This is going to be a look <laughs> that will last a thousand years, Jackie. D- Ray, that, that sounds wonderful, but I, I told you I'm here for work. I, I have to accomplish my work tasks before I can do anything else. I was hoping to see you and Angela, but but right now I need you to follow that Dodge Caravan. It shouldn't be difficult. A car like that sticks out very well on these highways. Even in the crowded city streets, you can't miss it. It turns everyone's head. I'm having trouble keeping up with it. It accelerates so well for its size. 
and its smooth handling is just so hard to follow. I should get myself one of these Dodge Caravans. That would make things a lot easier. We cut over to the rec center. Coming out of the rec center, we see the little dot that is Hibiscus the chipmunk bounding across the ground. Behind the rec center, there is a basketball court. And of course, this basketball court, the the back wall of it is made up by the Anubis bar. Um, and we see one of Tommy's students, a, a troubled kid who uh, is a holdover from Tommy's days teaching bullies who just never, never, less, never left the class um, and is incredibly loyal to Tommy. He is on the basketball court with a bunch of other local teens. He is in his full gi, except he has a cutoff jean jacket with a scorpion on the back. He's got blonde hair and uh, dark sunglasses in a mullet. uh, And he's like teaching uh, students about basketball. You see, basketball is just like trash collection. My job. Um, (laughs) These kids are like sort of incredulously looking on at him. You have to focus on the fundamentals. Otherwise, you're never going to do it right. If you try to do a fancy trash grab and toss and throw trash into the back of the truck, you're going to leave trash all over the ground. And that's what's going to happen to you on the court. That's why you have to have karate focus in order to succeed. Some of the kids are nodding. Some of them are rolling their eyes. Uh, But we can see on the court... Uh, there is some litter swirling around in the wind, which appears to have picked up quite a bit. And there are dark clouds on the horizon. Hibiscus looks up at those clouds with a very worried expression on his chipmunk face. Um, we see that Hibiscus has grown a little bit as well. He's, he's stroking a small beard on his chin. Oh, wow. It goes very well with his his whole action movie getup. And we can see like a faint strike of lightning that does not look like normal lightning. It looks like a greenish hue of lightning in the sky as Hibiscus goes, I hope we're ready for this. And just as he says that, a Dodge Caravan cab pulls up in front of the Anubis bar and uh, we see Shaq exit the cab. Like a bull charging into a china shop, Shaq bursts into the Anubis bar where... Just a handful of customers are sitting at the bar getting delicious rum and Pepsi drinks made with... (laughs) Yep, uh, Pepsi is still the sponsor. (laughs) Yep, it always has been. Made with ice cold Pepsi and wonderful uh, distilled Puerto Rican Bacardi rum. (laughs) And uh, the, the bartender is, you know, very carefully pouring those drinks. But Shaq rushes over to the bar grabs the bartender by the collar of his shirt and knocks some of the glasses over while he's doing it. And he just starts besetting the bartender with questions. Where's Nezu? Where's Set Ra? And how do I get to the second world? Um, I need answers to all these questions right now. And like the the bartender is like like really disturbed, like obviously very thrown off. Uh, you can see some customers exiting the bar. Um, but a couple people who are wearing like hooded trench coats get up and try to subtly exit the bar while the yelling goes on. 
and you hear one of them mutter under their breath, The one from the stars. We cut back to Jackie and Ray, who have also pulled up. Well, this is convenient. This is right next to the rec center. You see, this is about family. This is fate telling us that that you should be spending time with your family. Uh, As he says that, we cut back to uh, the rec center, and uh, inside, Tommy uh, quickly, like, looks at the clock on the wall and realizes they were supposed to be home uh, to have dinner with Ray, uh, because Ray said that there was something very special about dinner tonight, and he's like, Angela, we gotta get back to your house. Your dad said dinner at five. Uh, Do we have to? Come on. The rec center will always be here, Angela. There's always going to be more training to do. Yeah, but Dad's been a real pill recently. Look, your dad's a special case, but you're not always the easiest person to get along with either. Tommy kind of like does like a little shadow box thing with Angela. Like (laughs) it kind of like ruffles, ruffles like the top of her head. Now, come on. If you, I don't get you home to dinner, it's my butt on the line. (laughs) No. Okay, okay, Tommy. As uh, Tommy is saying, the rec center will always be here. He <laughs> subtly covers up a deed of acquisition that's on the desk, like is missing a signature from one of the owners of the rec center. And he like takes a look around at the rec center. Like there's newspaper clippings on the wall. It says local teens love rec center. Yeah. And there are like some clippings that like this rec center is the only thing that's kept me out of gangs. Um, uh, as Tommy, as Tommy like takes Angela aside and like moves her out of the office, he grabs uh, his jacket, which is hanging on a, a jacket hook by the door mm-hmm. and slings it over his shoulder. And as he walks out, you can see the camera sh- uh, sees the back of his jacket and you see that it says NYPD public school agent. Yes. <laughs> As he's walking out, you see some slimy looking businessmen that are, are following the aging. Like I'm going to say in his early fifties, portly man who is the public representative gentlemen i'm very excited about you uh, uh wanting to acquire this piece of property it's in a great location in a great area uh we're just very excited uh, to to get up more money for the for the city by uh selling off this uh piece of property this is uh, actually one of our one of the people who teaches here at the rec center uh tommy why don't you come over here and meet these gentlemen who are looking to acquire the building Tommy, like, looks down at Angela and goes, let's see what this is all about. <laughs> he goes, uh, hey, uh, Tommy Euphrates, uh, uh, nice to meet you, gentlemen. You walk over to them and, like, they, the way they turn their heads is just unsettling. They mm-hmm. all do it in unison. And one sticks out a gloved hand um, and says, a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Euphrates. Yeah, Euphrates. You said it right. He shakes his hand. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, let me just tell you, this is a great place. The local kids really love it. Um, we do a lot of great work here. It's very important for the community. While they're doing that, mm-hmm. since they're being creepazoids, yeah. I've blossomed into a magically gifted young woman. Of course you have. I slowly lean back against the door frame, and I'm going to observe Chi. All right. Uh, do you have to spend anything or roll anything to do that? Um... See the flow of chi in an area, noting how strong or weak it is, and if it is corrupted or impinged upon by some unnatural force, immediately identifying feng shui sites. Okay, I feel like you can succeed with that without 
uh, having to tell whether an individual you can see in person is attuned to at least one feng shui site specialty divination yeah I'd, that's they just wanted to yeah so i imagine that there's something like there's some magical tool that you're using to do this so what, what does that look like oh interesting yeah i think it's a pair of sunglasses. it's a pair of sunglasses yeah. uh obviously <laughs> they're um they're pink hearts yeah, so she she just takes a pair of big pink hearts out of her pocket and puts them on, glaring real skeptically at these mooks. So you are immediately overwhelmed by the chi power in this area. Okay. Uh, you've been here many times before. This has never been chi site. Okay. It's really strange. And you can see that right now it appears that Tommy is the one who is attuned to this site. Oh. But you can see like that sort of swirling energy of power about to shift when a new owner of a chi site is about to take over, that energy flows into them. It's the same way with your father. The couple times where people have threatened to take the restaurant by one way or another, the power looked unstable. Um, And you see that around Tommy. Uh, But you see there are just massive spikes of chi energy flowing out of this place. The strange thing that you see about these men in front of you is there is no chi energy flowing from them at all not even what you would see with normal living forces. And the massive spikes of chi energy that you're seeing are coming from outside the building around the basketball court. We're going to cut over to uh, the Anubis bar where Shaq is currently holding a bartender aloft. Matt, I think you are definitely using intimidation for this, which is one of your skills. Uh, So I'm going to need you to roll your dice. Okay. Decide which one is positive, which one is negative, and uh, tell me the results when you combine them. Okay. uh, I ended up with a negative two, which was not not a great roll. Okay, I mean, it, it, it's not a bad roll either, because you start off with 15. And to refresh yeah. people on how this game works, the difficulty of certain tasks, a 10 difficulty will allow you to outrun an attack dog or pick a sophisticated lock. So, like, even not with a great roll, uh, Shaq can accomplish amazing feats. And I think his intimidation of this bartender is completely successful. We watch this bartender who is like a scared man in his like 40s or 50s. He looks into your eyes, Shaq, and his face starts to melt and warp. And we see that you're not talking to a bartender anymore. The face of a small demon is in front of you next to your giant fist. Uh, Whoa, 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 whoa. What's with all these questions, huh? Wouldn't you like a drink instead? No, I don't want to drink. I'm not here to drink. All I drink is delicious Gatorade. (laughs) I'm here for answers. I got a tip back in Hong Kong that the portal had moved here and i need to know where the portal to the second world is and you're gonna tell me you're gonna be in some hot water everyone's here the ascended are here the eunuchs are here it's happening the tournament is tonight all right you're 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 in the right place but you're just a human are you sure you want to be here tournament like the like the ncaa tournament Man, they don't make chosen ones like they used to. You're supposed to be the one from the stars? The one from the stars? 
I I haven't heard anything about any of this. But you're saying there's some kind of tournament going on? Well, sign me up. Fine, fine. He takes out a little imperial like stamp. It looks like a very fancy Chinese chop. And he sort of puts it on your hand. You're registered. Make sure you, you meet up with your team on the court. Everyone else is gathering there. But it's your funeral. Don't say I didn't warn you. Well, just tell me this. Is this how I'm going to find Nezu and Set Ra? You'll find Set Ra. You'll find Set Ra. You drop him to the ground. The little demon bounces a little bit. Now I gotta fix my face! And he scrambles off. You have this glowing symbol stamped onto the back of your hand. And it is a star. It shines like gold a little bit in the light and then disappears. Jackie, you are outside the Anubis bar. You're sort of like trying to subtly spy on Shaq. Well, I, I'm, I'm sitting in the car and, and Ray is going on. And, and I, I put my hands on the dashboard and I say, Raymond... This is very important. There's very important police work going on here, and I need to be a part of it. No one else can know that I am here. This is a top-secret mission dealing with internal affairs. I need your help on this. You wait here. I'm going to get out and investigate, but we have to keep this a secret, so be ready to move. Uh, And then I keep my eyes on Ray, making sure that he knows I'm serious as I get out of the car, and just walk like flat into the door of the Anubis bar uh, as I turn around uh, and then rub rub my nose in pain. Yeah, because it's like one of those doors that uh, swings freely both ways. As you were walking in, the group of people in hoods walk out. All five of them come out and you bump into one and there's just a moment where like you can't see their face in the dark hood. Of course you're here. He steps aside and the door swings and the group of people in hoods walks away and head toward the basketball court. Uh, so yeah, I, I turn around and, and it's, you know apologize. Sorry, sorry. Uh, and kind of back through the door uh, into the bar before I turn around uh, once I get in. And Shaq, momentarily mesmerized by the star on his hand, like he's kind of staring at it and he's muttering to himself... And he's saying, one from the stars. I don't know what he was talking about. I'm from Newark. (laughs) And just then he looks up and he sees Jackie has followed him to New York. Like, he sees Jackie back into the bar. And Jackie sees this. His eyes go wide. And he grabs, uh, like, reaches onto a nearby table and grabs a copy of the New York Post and holds it over his, uh, his face. But the headline on the New York Post is... Uh, Hong Kong cop does it again with a picture of Inspector Jackie <laughs> yes! uh, on it, covering up his own face. Oh, that's perfect. So Shaq walks over and he pulls down the newspaper, and he's pretty mad that Inspector Chief Inspector Jackie has followed him here, and he just says, "What are you doing here, man? I'm supposed to be on vacation. I can't even take a vacation without you snooping around and trying to figure out what I'm up to. You don't trust me." Uh, Shaq is about a foot and a half taller than Inspector Jackie. <laughs> so, but Jackie is, is his superior at work. So Jackie puts the paper down, puts his hands on his hips, cranes his neck up to look at him and goes, you take a lot of vacation time, mister. But people are starting to be curious. I'm on your side. What are you doing in New York? Listen, I just need you to trust me. There's this personal case that I've been working for a few years now, kind of on my own time. 
and it's important to me. And I don't know that you would understand everything that's going on, but you just need to trust that I'm trying to do a good thing. Hey, if you want me to trust you, you have to trust me. If there's a case you're working, maybe I can help. I know all about personal cases. Those pirates that stole all those relics, I worked that case for six years by myself, off and on, between other regular police work that people weren't too interested in. They were very interested in those pirates, though. But I took them down, and I could have used some help, just like you can use my help. All right, look, I'm trying to save a kid, okay? There's a kid who's in trouble, and I'm trying to save the kid. You can help me, but that's all I can tell you right now. Jackie is a little wary. He like kind of kind of steps back a little bit and narrows his eyes, and but then he nods and he's like, "I'll help you." So with that, the wind really picks up outside, and we cut back over to the basketball court, and we can see the group of people in hoods has approached the group of teens, and Jerry turns around and goes, "Hey, what are you guys doing here?" And these hooded figures go. You're going to have to leave the court. This is our place now. Jerry stands up and he like straightens up his denim vest and uh, cracks his knuckles and goes, I don't know who you think you're talking to, but I got taught how to fight by Tommy Euphrates. The figures in their hoods like dramatically crack their knuckles and it looks like a fight is about to break out. Uh, Angela, where are you? Unless something has to happen with that conversation, mm-hmm. I am dragging Tommy outside fast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can definitely take him out. Okay, so uh, we're coming around, like, we're coming through the double doors in the front of the building and rushing around to the side where there's, like, spiraling energy and hibiscus, uh, like, starting to charge towards the court. We come around the side, uh, I scoop up hibiscus, and I am mid-explanation mm-hmm. of uh, what a feng shui site is. Mm-hmm. It's basically a nexus of energy. Currently, it's attuned to you. We need to keep this thing attuned to you. Otherwise, we're going to lose the power to influence these kids. Whoa, slow down, Angela, okay? Your dad's making lasagna. We gotta get (laughs) home for dinner. No, we need to save the rec center. (laughs) The rec center's gonna be okay. It's a rec center. (laughs) He that. says guiltily, tucking in the rec center closing, no- like he rips one off the wall. Hibiscus has worked himself up into a frenzy and is basically just back at animal chattering. Yeah. Um, so bo- <laughs> both she and he turn and to glare at him um, and put their, she puts one of her hands on her hip, then holds out Hibiscus, who has both of his hands on his hips, and they just frown at Tommy behind them. The air is swirling hugely above the basketball court as hooded figures are staring down a bunch of youths. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tommy kind of like lowers his like uh, uh, glasses down his nose and like looks at that scene. and He's like, "Okay, maybe we skip dinner for just a little while. Okay." At this, I think, is when we see Shaq and Jackie exit the Anubis bar and happen upon this court, with which has figures converging on it. Shortly following, Angela 
and Tommy are these people in suits that were earlier, you know, looking to acquire the rec center. They silently exit and turn in unison to look over the other people on the court. Ray sort of gets out of the car excitedly. Angela, Tommy, this is perfect. You are, wait a minute. This is not perfect. You are going to be late for dinner. You were supposed to be headed over to, to our apartment ages ago. <sighs> Told you so. Angela, with that attitude, you are never going to get into your top choice school. Oh, Dad, now is not the time for this. Can't you see that there's there's other stuff that's far more important than that? What? <laughs> Tommy's attuned to this feng shui site, and he never even went to college. This sounds like more magic nonsense. Magic nonsense? Dad. Dad. Nonsense? And we, we see Shaq and Jackie exit the bar and, and look onto the court now. So everybody's now on the court. Mm-hmm. So just just so I'm clear on this, it's Jackie and Shaq coming out of the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray, Angela, and Tommy. The dudes in suits and the dudes in hoods. Yes. And the teenagers. And the kids. And the, and the older kid who's in his jean vest. Yes. It's a big crowd of people. Huge crowd of people gathered on this basketball court, which has trash and debris swirling around it in what looks like, you know, is forming up a funnel crowd. We can see dark clouds in the sky above crackling with green lightning over this small section of Harlem where the rec center is located. It's about enough for a tournament. And James, you said the uh, the guy in the hood recognized Jackie, but I did not recognize him. You couldn't see Correct. through the darkness in that hood. All right. Well, I, Jackie's just kind of kind of like walk out and then kind of like recoil a little bit. He was not expecting there to be this kind of crowd, especially this kind of unusual crowd. Uh, but when he sees uh, Angela and Tommy, he's going to go, Angela? Tommy? What are you doing here? Uncle Jackie? Whoa, you're in town? Uh, Yes, uh, secret mission. Please don't say it too loudly. Who are these people? Uh, Well, this is my niece and uh, a family friend. Uh, This is Ray, my my brother. I don't know who the guys in suits and hoods are, and I assume these are local children. Hello, local children. Hello, Jackie! (laughs) All the local kids say in unison. Oh, your your uncle, niece, and and friend Tommy that you're always talking about uh, in the in the meetings every morning. Yeah, I know who they are, and I know who you are. <laughs> Whoa, you're Shaquille O'Neal, the ex basketball player. Oh, the whole okay. Hold it, hold it down. I'm trying to keep a low profile. Okay, so, so this figure just towering <laughs> over literally everyone else on the court. Uh, what's the sky doing at this point? So that that like funnel cloud is like coming down. The sky is getting more and more impossibly dark as green and now purple lightning are is sparking off the sky. There's no rain whatsoever, but the wind is whistling very badly. And now we can see some nineties, some great nineteen ninety nine lightning special effect crackling mm. over uh this uh open basketball court. Look, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news here, but it looks like we got a classic New York City storm rolling in. <laughs> we might want to get down and, uh, you know, get out of this. I think that Ray's making lasagna. Uh, Wait, Ray, if you're here, what's <laughs> happening with that lasagna? 
oh no, my lasagna! Ray immediately yeah. dashes towards the car, gets in his car, and starts speeding <laughs> off. At, at this point, the, the, the local kids are nervously looking around the court and starting to tiptoe off to the side. And we've got Jerry. I'll tell you what we're doing here, Tommy. These punks think they can kick us off of our basketball court. Now, Jerry, remember, violence is never the answer. It's only a solution to a problem. <laughs> That's right. I gotta remember. But the other thing that I learned in my part-time teenage job as a trash man is that when you got trash on your basketball court, it would always behoove you to remove it. With that, uh, the lightning starts sparking up more extremely, and we can see cracks forming in the walls. They are glowing green and purple and red. It's as if the world around you, all the scenery that you see outside the basketball court, is cracking and breaking away. And behind it is a world of swirling colors that jet out through the seams in reality uh, and, and call to you just as reality is being ripped from you tommy looks down at angela something tells me i'm not going into work tomorrow <laughs> at this point since this is the the third adventure uh, i'm guessing that jackie has enough experience to kind of know what's going on mm -hmm. so jackie's gonna like put his hand out uh, and step in front of shack so his hand is roughly at shack's waist level as though he's holding him back and say and he says uh shack you should get out of here. Something strange is about to happen. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, Shaq says, like, cracking his massive knuckles. And we can see, like, the ground sort of breaks away, and you feel like the court is being elevated. Uh, the kids who stepped off the court are now watching as just a massive chunk of ground gets pulled into this swirling nexus in the sky as reality is breaking away from you. This time you can see the figures in the hoods. It is too late for any of you to escape. Now begins the slamming of gems! That voice! The figures in their hoods uh, rip, rip off their hoods, uh, revealing uh, five members of Team Cobra. You've, of course, got the Cobra Commander. You've got Destro, the Baroness. Chris, I'm actually going to need your help filling in. Who, who would be the other stock members of Cobra? Oh, obviously, Tomax and Zamot, the twins. Okay, okay, yes. Uh, they all rip off uh, these jackets, revealing Cobra-themed basketball uniforms. Their colors are red and black. They have the Cobra logo on them. The Cobra Commander is in shorts. Destro is also in basketball shorts, uh, but he still has the high collar um, and medallion. It's a very smart-looking uniform, and you can see forming in the sky is the face of, like, a massive god. Whatever the god of basketball looks like to you, that is this figure in the sky. A voice echoes throughout your entire being. It's not as though you're hearing it with your ears. Uh, you can understand that this god is speaking words, and it just sort of reverberates out of everything that is you. It's like jock jams? Yes. It, it definitely has a voice with like the sort of tone and sibilance of a jock jam. You, you can feel that pounding in your heart as his voice echoes out. Let the tournament begin!
Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry, we'll be back next week with more Feng Shui and Inspector Jackie. Heroes, if you are going to Gen Con this year, One Shot will be there, and I would love to see you at our panels and events. You can find the full list of one-shot panels in our show notes. Many of them are sold out, but not all of them. And even if an event is sold out, you can show up at the time and location with generic tickets, and we can still let you in. Like our live presentation of the Dear Minoc sub-podcast from our campaign podcast at Friday at 6 p.m., or the one-shot annual panel on Saturday at 7 p.m. All you need to do is show up with generic tickets. And if you do already have tickets, I cannot wait to see you there. Also, OneShot will be hosting our annual meetup at Saturday at 8 p.m. in the Trevi Marzio Room at the JW Marriott in downtown Indianapolis. You can take the Skywalk from the convention center to there. It's the best place to meet all of your favorite OneShot hosts, like myself, Cat Cool, Megan Dornbrock, Alex Roberts, Jim McClure, Pranks Paul, and that's not all... We'll also be welcoming in friends from other podcasts like Rich Howard and the Whelmed Young Justice podcast and Aram Varshan from the God's Fall podcast. Once again, that is Saturday, August 19th at 8 p.m. in the Trevi Marzio Room at the JW Marriott in downtown Indianapolis. And if you're not lucky enough to be attending Gen Con this year, I am going to try and record as many of these panels as possible. I've got a lot of other things to talk about this week, but before I do, I wanted to thank some of our backers on Patreon. Now, normally we thank these folks at the top of the show, but because this was an anniversary, I sort of wanted to keep that time just for me to personally talk about what the show has meant to me. Uh, I hope you understand. If you don't, if this offends you in some way, please let me know uh, either through Twitter or our show's email address, gamemaster at oneshotpodcast.com. Uh, I, I certainly don't want to leave anybody out. Um, it's just I wanted to take the time to just talk, you know, from me to you. But without any further ado, here are Kat and myself uh, thanking our Patreon backers. Jeff DeBoer, thank you. Jeff DeBoer. Yeah, I think that's right, right? DeBoer? Mm -hmm. Chris Anderson. Chris! We talked to Chris on Twitter a lot. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Phil Atikin. Aitken. Why don't you just take that one? Phil Aitken. Thank you. I can definitely nail Brett Arnez. <laughs> no, it's Brett Arends. Oh, no. <laughs> I was so confident. <laughs> you were. Oh. But why? But oh, why were you so I don't confident? Know. Uh, I got this. It's Arnez. Beretta Renz, thank you so much. <laughs> Katie Gallisher, thank you. Uh, that might be Gallagher, but I think like, but there's no reason it couldn't be the other thing, yeah. right? It's it's one of those Irish names that <laughs> the family. There are probably different wings of the family, like like Doherty. Yeah, is just all over the it's place. Too, it's too much. It's too much Doherty. So uh, rain so, it in. So Katie, as as fellow Irish Americans, uh, we get it. <laughs> yeah. And we're sorry at the same time. <laughs> Jamie Davidson, thank you. Thomas Ryan, thank you. Luke Punquility Elias. Punquility! Uh, Luke is always joining us uh, for our Twitch streams, and he has the best, best puns. Thank you so much, Luke, uh, for all of your enthusiastic support and uh, just being a great dude. I got to meet Luke at a couple of conventions. Hell so yeah. He's a, he's a good guy. Thank you. Heroes, if you like listening to this, you might like some of the other great gaming shows that we have on the OneShot Network, including 
Adventure. Adventure is an actual play podcast hosted by Pranks Paul that focuses on generating fan fiction for established books, TV shows, and movies through tabletop gaming. Adventure will feature a rotating cast of players in a variety of media properties. As always, we end one shot with a call to action. And God, this week it feels like I have the least controversial call to action that I'll ever have to make. Call your representatives and tell them to condemn Nazis. Because we live in the dystopian American future where that is a necessary thing to tell public officials to do. I probably sound a little loopy and irritated right now, but that's because if I am anything else, I will be incredibly sad. If you're looking for more issues to talk to your representatives about, head over to fivecalls.org. That's the numeral 5calls.org. They have a long list of issues that can be affecting you nationally and locally that you can read summaries about, find contact information for your representatives, and scripts to read while you're on the phone so that you can voice your opinion and make a difference. And while you're on the line with a representative, ask them to denounce Nazis. Because again, they need to be asked. One Shot is a proud partner in the Chicago Podcast Co-op. If you're an advertiser looking to reach an engaged Chicago audience, be sure to contact the co-op about advertising opportunities. And if you're a listener who wants to find a new show, check out the Koch Brothers Mystery Show. Join boy detectives, the Koch brothers, as they use their billions of dollars and shadowy government influence to solve the country's most harrowing crimes, crimes they most certainly did not commit. As always, a big thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend about the show. You can also leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. If you want to hear more from the show, be sure to follow us on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod. Check out our Tumblr at OneShotPodcast.tumblr.com. Check out our Google Plus community. Or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you're looking to inquire about advertising rates, live appearances, and commissioning episodes, or you have a question or comment about something you heard on the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a joint production between Peaches and Hot Sauce and Paracosm Press. Peaches and Hot Sauce is a Chicago-based comedy network with tons of great podcasts, videos, and live shows for you to check out at PeachesAndHotSauce.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Be Your Own Pet with Adventure, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes!